anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me on this lovely Tuesday afternoon. I think it's Tuesday. Been losing track of the days here on vacation. Is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell? What's happening, man? Oh, uh, nothing too much. I'm back at work after a fun weekend doing a little traveling and uh getting away myself me and uh mark metz met tho bishop and his brother in starkville mississippi for the mississippi state georgia game oh how was that it was a blast oh my gosh i'm i miss i really miss that that atmosphere like there is there is nothing on the planet that compares to college game day on campus it's incredible and it was cold it was cold as shit and it was still just like electric the whole the whole town and then we uh mark and i walked around campus a little bit because i went to state and and could just kind of like walked around and looked at stuff and kind of uh felt nostalgic and all that fun stuff it was it was great we were we were on like the 35 yard line uh five rows in so we were like right behind the Georgia bench. So we were like practically on the field. It was incredible. Nice. Do some tailgating? No, we, uh, we no. found a nice little restaurant there in town that had a, that had a nice bar and some good food and was, and they had a uh, ball games on, on all the TVs. So we sat and sat and ate and drank and just shot the shit and hung out and, and watched ball games until it was time for the, for the game. It's always been my favorite aspect of it was always tailgating. I, I wish there was like some way that you could just go to the game and tailgate. And then once it starts, you teleport yourself back home to the couch to watch it and fucking warm peace. That's the really funny thing is when we were, when we were walking around campus and stuff, it was uh, about 20, 20, 30 minutes until game time. And there were a bunch of people who were tailgating. They were just like packing up all their stuff and heading out. <laughs> they came out here. I was like, these people came out here at like eight o'clock this morning, set everything up. They've been tailgating all day long. And now it's time for the game. They're going to go home, sit on the couch and watch it from the comfort nice. of home and be warm. They're not going to, they're not going into the stadium to freeze their balls off like we are. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on where your seats are, sometimes the, I'd rather just see it at home on a nice, you know, HD flat screen then and some fucking nosebleeds or something. But anyway, that's just me. Haven't seen a football game in quite some time if we're talking football Americano. But, <laughs> but uh, tomorrow is a travel day for me. I will be moving to the islands. So I'm not sure what my setup is going to look like 
internet wise, it's usually pretty shoddy when you get to these little uh, tiny islands. I'm going to Olbosch, which I don't know. Mixed reviews I hear. I'm a little worried about the it being overrun with uh, tourism and mosquitoes this day and age. I think it I think it blew up like a couple years ago and I'm a little late to this party, but we'll see how it goes. Either way, it, the weather's uh, going to be nice and sunny. I'll bag some rays and do some relaxing. We'll try to bang out an episode or two. I think if I uh on Friday we'll do is that our, our regularly scheduled Friday um happy hour? I lost track of the I Friday. Believe so. Okay. So yeah, we'll try to do um We'll do a happy hour Friday, and I'm not sure what time zone I'm in anymore. I think I'm still on Central Time. What time is it over there? Uh, I'm on Central Time, and it's it's 1:45 here. So okay, yeah, I think I'll still be on Central Time. All right, so I'll send out an email about that uh, probably like Wednesday or so, which yeah, tomorrow or Thursday when I get settled and and figure things out. But that's what's been going on with me. And what's been going on with the rest of the world is uh, really big cryptocurrency Ponzi schemes have been collapsing all around us. One in particular that has very interesting implications um, and connections to the government, believe it or not. Have you been following the FTX debacle? I've probably been following the conspiracy theories more than I've been following the actual story itself. All right. Do you want to get into the conspiracy theories first? <laughs> let's, let's let's do the actual story, and then we can then we can springboard off from there. All the uh, all the other crazy shit that's come out of it. Okay. Well. This was one of these cryptocurrency exchanges. It was like one of the largest ones. It was said to be sort of like the, I don't know, the bellwether, like the best, you know, the one that kind of proved the concept of everything. And it was a big deal. And it was run, the CEO of this company is, can't make up these names, is Bankman, Bankman Freed. Is that, am I saying that right? I think that's right. Bankman hyphen Freed. Um, believe it or not, he is not a Gentile. <laughs> go figure <laughs> go figure uh jewish banker but i guess we could get into <laughs> we can get into that with uh, the conspiracy angle of all of it but basically the exchange collapsed it was a like multi multi-billion dollar exchange do we have the final numbers on that oh it was i thought it was somewhere in the 800 is that I'm not sure. I should have fucking, I should have had this before we went on. But anyway, a, a very big exchange. And all of a sudden, it collapses. Um, people's accounts, they, well, they filed for, he filed for Chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy. And the day after that, there seemed to be a hack or something. They're claiming it was a hack, but it seemed it also looked like he had built a he had a, had a backdoor built into the system, and everyone's account was just completely drained. If you had, well, 
I don't know if everyone's, but a lot of them were completely drained. So if you did have a balance on that exchange, you lost everything. If you were an investor in this, like uh, I know Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen were big investors, big into this. They uh, seem to have lost quite a bit of money. And yeah, it, it sounds just, like Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg had quite a bit of money in it too, which ooh, is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, he's had a real tough couple of months then. <laughs> and and so yeah, this this exchange just collapsed. Um, and then you start to see this this crazy story just unfold. And each with each day, there's like another layer to it and another really fishy uh aspect of it. It turns out this guy was a very big donor to the Democratic uh, campaigns. He, do he donated, I think it was over like a little over 40 million. He was like uh, just behind George Soros in terms of donating to Democrats. Um, he, he, there's connections to the Bidens. His, uh, let's see, his mom was involved in something, right? Yeah, his, his mom, mom is a big like, his mom's like a big uh i think she has a i think she has a pack or she she runs like a not for profit that that yeah, handles it's like a political like fundraising financing right stuff. Yeah. yeah that's right yeah and so this exchange nobody really knows why these exchanges i guess gain in popularity but this one seemed to gain in popularity like right after joe biden announced his campaign for 2020 and there's like a lot of weird just a lot of weird connections there as to why you know right after his camp his mom organizes like political financing for campaigns biden announces this can't this exchange just sort of takes off and there's a lot of money changing hands nobody seems to know where a lot of this money went we know where some of it ended up and now this guy's just like uh, is he officially a fugitive yet i don't think he is but he's uh, i know he put his house for, up for sale his mansion in the bahamas is up for sale for 39.5 million look like a pretty cool place there was a report that his jet was flying from the bahamas to argentina or something uh, it's Things are looking very, very, uh, very fishy here. I guess for me, it's just sort of another example of the distrust I have in the cryptocurrency industry. Uh, I don't. See, I still haven't seen one of these exchanges really function the way that they were built. They, I mean, they've changed the the they've changed the narrative as to how cryptocurrency is going to work several times since its inception but these in, these um these exchanges collapse uh without any really um with not without a lot of notice and uh, sometimes they get hacked and they lose millions of dollars sometimes they just collapse turns out that they're they've been running a ponzi scheme well that's what it was with this it was apparently he had a back door built into the financial so uh, into their financial server or whatever so that he could manipulate numbers without uh without anybody being able to see uh what was actually going on yeah 
Yeah, so there's very shady things going on with these exchanges. And of course, the you know the Elizabeth Warrens of the world are going to try to take advantage of this and use it as a springboard to uh, regulate these uh, cryptocurrency exchanges and things like that even more so. I mean, the last time I was using one of these, uh, they were asking me for my social security number. They're giving me fucking tax documents to report any income and things like that. So they've already got their fucking tentacles into a lot of these major exchanges. And I guarantee you that even though a, a lot of the corruption seems to be connected to the government, the government is going to make their case for why they should be regulating these exchanges even more. So so he was running this <clears throat> FTX exchange, but he also had Alameda Research, which was his trading firm that he also ran. And so just kind of running through the timeline of this, back over the summer, I guess he had made some pretty bad investments and Almeida lost a whole bunch of money. So he loaned, he loaned yeah. like billions of dollars from FTX exchange to Almeida, uh, which I mean, that's, he's loaning money from, from himself to himself uh, to keep Almeida solvent. And then I guess he just continued to take, make bad decisions with that exchange and blew all the rest of that money too. Yeah, yeah, and so the I I actually forgot that that he did that. <laughs> I remember reading that. So yeah, uh, not supposed to do that. This is like the kind of accounting that would get anybody thrown in fucking prison if you're you're doing the shit that he's doing on this exchange. And of course, um, a lot of this a lot of this money seems to have uh, been funneled through him into Ukraine back into politicians pockets oh my god it's almost like ukraine is this giant money laundering thing and people have only been saying this for the last i don't know 10 fucking years the whole reason that the un uh, and eu would never let ukraine join to begin with is because it was so corrupt they couldn't they couldn't trust putting them in one of those organizations but as soon as putin attacks then like there's no corruption in ukraine anymore none of that existed it's uh yeah we need to send them billions upon billions upon billions of dollars no nothing shady is going to happen with that they don't have a track record of doing that for literally as long as ukraine has been a state right right and now we're starting to see this looks like one of the ways that they were doing it this is how they were using this guy who was politically connected using his exchange to help funnel this money under the radar allegedly to ukraine but really back into their fucking pockets in addition to all the campaign donations he's already making he was also funding a lot of uh he was funding a lot of lawmakers that were overseeing um, cryptocurrency exchanges, and the the whole thing just fucking stinks to high heaven. the The amount it's like the perfect example of government getting in bed with private industry and wrecking it, and, and completely wrecking it, and then of course blaming free market capitalism for the thing and prescribing a government regulation as the cure for this problem when i don't think this guy's exchange would have been nearly as successful if not for 
a lot of these uh, connections he has to the, the government. So that's the big conspiracy thing that's coming out of all of this is is this whole thing was deliberately set up because you you've already had Janet Yellen coming out. I mean, within 24 hours of FTX collapsing, you had Janet Yellen Yellen coming out saying that that the IRS and the Fed needs to be more involved in monitoring and controlling and uh, regulating crypto, crypto exchanges. Uh, so the the big conspiracy theory around this, from that perspective, is that the whole thing was a setup because this guy was so co- so connected, and Biden had kind of propped this thing up in the early phases, and it took such a monumental run to to get to the point that it did. Uh, it all just kind of seems manufactured, and so the the idea is that this was done deliberately. They ran this thing up. There was shady shit going on in the background so that they could deliberately tank it. And then when they tank it, that's when the government can step in and be like, oh, see, see, this is this is bad stuff. We need to step in so we can protect you. We have to protect you from these from these predatory uh, (laughs) crypto exchanges. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So basically, they're the the Democrats would vote to send money to Ukraine. The money would not go to fight the war in Ukraine. It would actually be funneled back into this FTX exchange. And then FTX would, in turn, send it back to Democrats in way of donations and and things like that. And then, of course, once the bottom drops out of the, the Ponzi scheme, like you said, government's here to protect us from these uh, corrupt exchanges. I need to find it there. There's a like. We talk about the money that's been sent to Ukraine and what we're actually talking about with those 40 billion or however much it is, is the money that's been approved to be sent to Ukraine. Uh, There's I got to I've got to find it. There's a website that has like a track, a good tracker of it. How much has been approved versus how much has actually been sent to Ukraine and Basically, the only thing the U.S. has really sent has been a lot of uh, like weapons and ammo and gear and stuff like that, Um, most of which has ended up in Libyan and Syrian black markets. Uh, But the actual like money money, very little of the approved money has actually made it to Ukraine. It's all been approved, but it hasn't gone anywhere. Well, it's gone. It's gone somewhere. <laughs> it's gone somewhere. Just, <laughs> we just don't know where. And yeah. I'm sure we'll get the accounting on that any day now. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy, uh, Bankman Freed, is under investigation currently by the um, by the SEC and the CFTC, the um, uh, Commodities and Futures Trading Commission or whatever the fuck. It's called for what you were talking about earlier, that 10 billion that he uh, funneled from uh, one one business into that Almeida trading platform, Almeida Research. One, did you see this? 477 billion in cryptocurrencies were stolen by hackers uh, from FTX wallets. What are the odds that those were like regular run of the mill hackers and not somebody working uh at the yeah. behest of right. 
and it happened right after he filed bankruptcy. He just drained whatever was left. Yeah. The and people that you know can that know more about computers and and fucking hacking and shit than I do were saying that it looked more like a sort of like an inside job. It had the the fingerprints of something like that than uh than an outside hack that has brought down some of these other exchanges and uh i you know i don't know either way i just know when something smells this bad it the odds are i would think that this was something that he did or that he had control over and he was kind of fucking he's like all right this is going down let me let me get whatever i fucking can out of this before uh you know before it's too late and I mean, he's lost his net worth has gone from billions to practically nothing, which is why he's yeah, uh, I think it, he had a 94% drop in net worth. He was he had previously been projected at being worth like 15 billion, I think. I mean, granted, you know, 94% of or 6% of 15 billion is still a lot of money, but it's definitely not 15 billion. Yeah, and it's just again, when you have this when you have money tied up in these types of investments if you want to call them that and even in the stock market or in you know in cryptocurrency or something people like to base their their net worth on, oh he's worth like 40 billion dollars worth 80 billion dollars well no no he has to sell those things <laughs> in order to get the money to see what he's actually worth and a lot of times when you go to sell it, turns out that you're not worth as much as you uh, initially thought you were. And if the bottom of the market drops out of it before you can collect, turns out that uh, you weren't you weren't a billionaire after all. Oh, so you gotta... tra- I did the math. Tra- tragedy of tragedies. He's he lost 94 percent of his net worth. He's he's now only worth 900 million. Oh, is that all? Just depends. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could make it very long on that. That's a. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big dip. And I would probably have to shoot myself. I. I just don't think nine hundred million is going to be enough. Yeah. Well, it might not be soon enough if this uh, inflation <laughs> keeps going. <laughs> but. But yeah, you should be able to get by on that. It's very interesting to see where the chips are falling. With, with this whole story and how the government is going to sort of exploit the situation that they created. Uh, you know that they were, you know, using him uh, funding regulation and stuff to bring down his competitors to sort of prop him up. I mean, the, they've got their fingerprints all over this thing. And of course they're trying to blame. I don't even know if you'd say capitalism or maybe libertarians specifically who are, you know, generally tend to be really hardcore into cryptocurrency. Like you, you guys created this fucking monster by throwing your money into these exchanges without knowing what you're doing and pumping it up and, uh, you know, telling people all this like anti fiat money, anti fed propaganda. It's pretty funny to watch them try to blame libertarians for this too. How dare you want a free market? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you just use our Federal Reserve Ponzi scheme, (laughs) that's uh, losing 8% of it will admit to losing 8% value every year. I think last numbers were down to seven and a half or something around there. But if you just use that, you'll be fine. Not these other uh, Ponzi schemes that 
you guys have created to to swindle the American people out of their hard-earned money. <laughs> Government has never done anything like that before. I saw Ben Shapiro was talking about this. Should we listen to what Ben Shapiro has to say? How long is this clip? Let's have a look-see. Turns out one of the companies that bought a big chunk of the story of Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX is really a story not just about capitalist excesses, but about corporatist excesses. It's about the fact that when there is an impression that government is going to back your play, people are willing to give you enormous sums of money. And how people who are involved in this sort of play spend extraordinary, giant piles of cash on their favorite legislators. Sam Bankman-Fried, the way the media is going to play this is that Sam Bankman-Fried is a quasi-libertarian who is determined, bound and determined to avoid regulation at all costs. And finally, if we just regulate these guys, we need to have a hero, a hero, a regular Elizabeth Warren to crack down on Sam Bankman-Fried. There's only one problem with this particular narrative. Sam Bankman-Fried is one of the biggest Democratic donors on the block. He spent $40 million on Democrats in the last election cycle, in the midterm election cycle. So basically, there was an associated firm, Alameda Research, which was sort of like a hedge fund. And it turns out that Bankman-Fried was taking money from FTX, your exchange, and taking it and putting it into Alameda Research, which was run, as it turns out, by Sam Bankman-Fried's girlfriend. Okay, then that money was being used in Alameda Research to buy back into FTX via their token. Okay, so they were basically using your money to hold up their own stock price, was essentially what they were doing. They're okay, hang on. So we covered a lot of all that already. Did you see his, his girlfriend? There's like a clip going on. She was doing like an interview or something. I think I saw it on YouTube where she was talking about the investments that she does and how she never uses stop losses and she's never lost money on a trade. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do we have That's, that? Okay. I mean, it makes sense that it was his girlfriend because there's no reason anybody should let that person anywhere near money. Yeah. Well, wasn't the, like the whole fucking company just being run by like his jerk off buddies? Pretty much. I mean, I guess it makes sense if your jerk off buddies are a bunch of, you know, geniuses who, uh, put together a, a crypto exchange, but at the same time, like maybe a bunch of geniuses who put together a crypto exchange aren't necessarily the best business people. And, and, you know, also when you're in bed with the government and just cooking the books, it seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I'm going to try to, uh, try to find that clip from his girlfriend, but let's, uh, let's keep, we got a couple more minutes here before we got a break. So let's, let's see what else, uh, the Daily Wire has for us. I haven't listened to Ben Shapiro in a long time, but this just came across my Twitter feed. Using your money to hold up the valuation of their own company. Now, as it turns out, one of the companies that had bought a big chunk of FTX was a company called Binance. Binance happens to be the largest crypto exchange in the world. So FTX was the second largest crypto exchange. Binance was the number one crypto exchange. Binance had bought a big chunk of FTX, and they bought really a lot of FTT. They bought a bunch of, of FTX's Bitcoin, a bunch, of their, a bunch of their cryptocurrency. Well, Binance decided now's an excellent time to basically destroy our competitor. So they sold all of their FTT, right, all of their token in FTX. It collapsed the value of that token. And people started to run on FTX, essentially. They started saying, cash me out and give me my money. Well, the money didn't exist. Binance had suggested, that then, then they did the final thing. Now, the final straw was they said, we will come and we will bail out FTX. And this is last week. They said, we'll bail out FTX. And then within 48 hours, like, well, not too much. And they pulled all their money from FTX and FTX completely collapsed and went bankrupt. Okay, let's stop there. So there, another thing that's been going on 
in the uh, in the cryptocurrency world is a lot of these really big players in in cryptocurrency, like the the Bitcoin billionaires who really struck it rich early on, have been bailing out a lot of these failing exchanges and these failing companies. I mean, there are so many companies that that sort of uh, popped up when Bitcoin started to really take off all kinds of uh, weird investment vehicles and just the, the whole industry around cryptocurrency, not just like exchanges where you buy things, but when they do tend to go under, especially like high, higher profile ones, you'll see these, these big players, these whales come in and try to fucking prop them up. I think because they have a vested interest in the price of Bitcoin staying high because they haven't, not a lot of people have actually cashed out their Bitcoin positions, believe it or not. I forget the last time I heard the statistic, it was crazy, but it was like over 80% of people that bought Bitcoins hadn't sold any of them. Like there's a lot of people that are just like fucking holding on for dear life, the hodlers. And uh, these a lot of these big whales who have on paper a really nice fortune can't uh they don't want these companies to to go under and crush uh crush the the price of bitcoin which is below 20,000 uh, again and it's it's well below 20,000 now i i think last time i checked it was around 16 something 17 i was i was going to say has it dipped more last time i looked it was around 17 yeah well well i'll check it at at the break here just to be sure but that's a big deal now uh just from like a technical chart analysis perspective, that 20,000 was like a cliff that they were hanging on to for dear life. And once they drop off that cliff, that becomes a very, very thick ceiling for them to try to break above it again. And uh, from a technical perspective, that is going to be quite the challenge, I think. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's these fucking cryptocurrencies that just, I mean, they'll go up 20% in a fucking day. They'll go down 20% in a day too. So you never know. But um, looking at the chart, it does not look good. So, hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your morning started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzati.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzati, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N is in Nancy, Z is in Zebra, O-T-T-I.coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at lorenzati.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. We are back. And I did check Bitcoin and it was at about 16,800 something, which is off the lows. I think it got down as, as much as 15,000. It's up a little bit today, but yeah, a, a big drop after this story hit the hit the news cycle and of course it just coincidentally happened right after the election <laughs> another interesting timing there he uh he funnels 40 40 million into the midterm elections 
And then as soon as the elections are over, and as we now know, the Democrats have secured the Senate, the House is still, we were debating this before the show. <laughs> I've read that they don't have the House yet. You've read that they have secured the, the 200, it's 218 votes, right, to secure the House. Yeah. And they had yeah. 219 according to what you were reading, 217 according to what I was seeing. What a great system we have here. Uh, a week later, and we still don't even fucking know. But right after the election, this guy files for, for bankruptcy. And there's uh, just a lot of real shady shit. I was just reading something else that uh, somebody sent me on this. Just all these shady characters. All these characters around him that have connections to government or government organizations or uh, regulatory bodies, and it's it's a very extensive list. And this this whole thing just sort of stinks to high heaven. Uh, I was looking for that one clip of his of his fucking girlfriend just being an idiot on uh, on some interview. I guess it's not that important. The bottom line is if that if you heard her talk about investing, you would not have her in charge of anything financial. She actually at one point was saying that she doesn't use stop losses because it's not good risk management. Uh, I can't imagine putting a trade on without a stop loss and considering yourself to have risk management of any kind. I, I mean, for those of you guys that, that don't do trading, a, a stop loss is basically uh, a certain amount where if the price drops that far down, or I guess, you know, if you're shorting, it goes that far up. But if it hits that price, you get out of the trade no, automatically, no matter what. And depending on how quickly price is moving, you know, uh, a lot of times the price can move faster than the orders can get filled. So even if you have a stop loss at say $20 a share or something, you might not get filled until $15 a share or something like that. But at least you get out of it and it before it goes to zero. Uh, that, I don't know how you do risk management if you don't know how much you stand to gain and potentially lose with each trade. Like I, you can't go into a trade with you know, saying that you have risk management and not knowing exactly what you stand to lose and exactly what you stand to gain. Other, otherwise, you're just fucking. What are you doing? You're just throwing darts at a board. You're just completely guessing, and you, you know you're on a, a hope and change. Uh, you know this is a prayer. You're throwing a hail mary. That was like when I used to do the uh, commodity marketing stuff and working with farmers on on selling their grain. I'd be like, well, what's your what's your break even? Like, what's the minimum amount that we need to sell this at, where that you at least break even? That way, we've got our we know what our floor is, and then we can play the market from there. And they'd be like, well, I I don't know, I just farm. It's like, oh my gosh, that this it's still a fucking business. What do you mean you don't know? That's that, I mean yeah. that's how this is. Like, you you don't know what you're what you're gonna lose or what you're gonna make. You're just like you're yeah throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Right. And I guess the to uh, Ben Shapiro's point, when you have government backing, it's it's much easier to, uh, you know, take on that sort of risk. But I, I guess also, if you're just a complete idiot, it's easy to take on that kind of risk because you don't realize the risk that you're taking on. And she's bragging like, oh, like I've, I can't think of a trade that I've lost money. On. I was like, well, you just lost fucking billions of dollars on this one this was not a good trade for you guys um 
like you said, he's still going to have like 900 million, I guess, when when this is said and done. We'll see what happens with this investigation. I mean, he's it clearly sounds like he broke a lot of laws with just that one um, money laundering scheme with the Almeida Research uh, Fund or whatever, whatever that hedge fund was called. And we we don't yeah, know that where in and of it's. Go ahead. That in and of itself is like highly illegal. <laughs> the the way that he was running that. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. If any if any one of us did that, like, we wouldn't. Uh, I don't think we'd be able to donate to a political campaign. Um, let alone we we you know we're just living off in the Bahamas, selling our house, no big deal. I I, I this is this is very fucking bizarre. But that is yeah, that is the kind of um things especially when you're dealing with large amounts of money and you're wiring it to different places like these are major major fucking crimes and you should have the the sec up your ass among other uh regulatory agencies and the fact that this has gone on for so long and this exchange was allowed to get so big again it just it shows you it's sort of like the 2008 financial crisis with uh bernie madoff how is Bernie Madoff able to run the world's largest Ponzi scheme, second to only the U.S. federal government? Well, he had the, um, you know, he had the backing of all of these regulatory agencies. Like he had been audited. You have you get audited like every fucking year when you work in in financial markets. Like despite their claims that these are unregulated markets, you have auditors up your ass for like three to four months every year. And if they find something, it's six, nine months out of the year. They're up your ass going through things. And because we have these bodies in place, you know, the FCC and all, all this shit, uh, people get a false sense of security that, oh, you know, these government agencies are really regulating these things. And they're, you know, they're competent. They know what they're doing. And so, yeah, of course, this guy can't be running a Ponzi scheme under, right under their noses. And it gives people a false sense of security. They don't do their due diligence. Like a lot of people didn't do their due diligence with this uh, FTX exchange. Like Tom, even Tom Brady, like really fucking successful rich people don't do their due diligence. They just throw money into these fucking fads because uh, everyone's getting fucking rich off of it. And then you see, oh, yeah, it turns out that they uh, they really weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And these regulatory agencies, despite them, they do a really good job of regulating fucking Joe Sixpack and and climbing up his ass every year to make sure that he's not getting an extra 500 bucks a month into his Venmo account or whatever they're going to go after now. But when you when it comes to these giants, they I mean, I don't know if they're getting bribed as well. Or what, but they seem to drop the ball an awful lot on these massive, massive Ponzi schemes that are going on. And only, you know, they only come to light after like a major event causes the the collapse of them. And then they then they do their investigation. Uh, okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's funny how that works out that after all of the very important people who had money invested in it have gotten all of their money back and they're all in the clear. Now we're going to investigate. Now we're going to drop the hammer. And Yeah. Well, and remember back in, in 2020, 
before the lockdowns when all those people in fucking Congress were were um getting out of all of their fucking securities that were going to be affected by the lockdowns and the covid regime and and they say i mean talk about insider trading you know they sent they, they sent Martha Stewart to fucking prison because she avoided like a $70,000 loss or something on a stock it was I think it was around 70,000. It might have even been 30,000. I, I don't remember the exact number, but they, these people who have fucking control over all of these industries are make are not only making hundreds of millions of dollars, but they're also trading based off of knowledge that they have of things they're going to do in the future and avoiding massive losses. And this was all known. This is all out in the open in early 2020. When they, you know, when they do their financial disclosures, like, oh, you guys sold all your fucking airline stocks right before you fucking shut down the world. Look how that worked out. And it's just like, you know, there's a story about it. People talk about it. like we talk about it on this podcast and then nothing, nothing ever happens. And then they hire a bunch of, you know, 80,000 IRS agents to come after us because, you know, we've been using Venmo. Right. $600. Yeah. 601. Sorry. Yeah. 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 But don't worry. They're just going after the 1%, <laughs> which by the way, I think this could be a good segue into the uh, Chappelle uh, SNL thing, because I don't know how much of that you saw, but he, he was giving a, he was doing a, a, a Saturday night live. Um, what do they call that monologue? And he brought up a lot of the things that Trump was saying in his 2016 campaign and it was very interesting to to sort of take you back because it does seem like so long ago when those debates were going on and the things that Donald Trump would just fucking say. Let me. Um, let me and ask Daily, um, oh shit, that's enough out of Shapiro. Can't fucking stand that guy's voice. <laughs> the first uh, time I listened to him, I thought I accidentally left it on two X, and I was like trying to. I checked the speed. And I slowed it down, and then and then it sounded really weird. It like even weirder than with him normal. I was like, oh, it wasn't on two X. It was just on regular speed, and that's how he sounds like. Yeah, it probably should slow him down though, because he does tend to talk really fast. Um, let me see here. Say something uh, intelligent and entertaining while I look this up. Oh fuck! Well, <clears throat> something that you're not allowed to talk about on YouTube, which doesn't matter because we're not on there anymore. I'm trying to trying to fix that, but I am getting absolutely no headway with YouTube. Um, Pfizer and Moderna have announced that they're going to actually start doing research and testing on uh, tracking myocarditis in the vaccinated and following up on some of this VAERS reporting. Of, of course, they don't expect, like literally from the horse's mouth, they don't expect anything surprising to come from this these studies. And it's going to take them three to five years to conduct the study. So by the time they're done with it, everybody will be dead anyway. So it doesn't matter. Right. Well, nobody's taking the vaccine anymore. So they've already gotten the myocarditis, the ones that are fucking, you know, uh, that would show up in any of these investigations. So yeah, we'll just go. The people that took the vaccine and haven't gotten it, we'll, uh, we'll look at them to, to determine whether or not myocarditis is an actual thing. Yeah. So anybody, anybody listening that's interested in more information on that, I've got a video on it up on Rumble. The the podcast episode itself will drop in a couple of weeks. 
But the video is up on Rumble now, so if you want, just look for Fact Check This Podcast on Rumble. Uh, pretty easy to find, and you can go through all the information on this research that Pfizer and Moderna have uh, decided they're going to start doing looking into myocarditis. It's it's pretty much a crock of shit. Uh, I do some side-by-side looking at the article where they talk about it versus the actual CDC numbers and, and various reporting numbers. Uh, it's a pretty stark contrast, what they call very rare and incredibly infrequent. Uh, uh, they're it's uh are they're not all that rare or infrequent but you know that's how it, that's, that's that's the science we're supposed to trust wonderful yeah and trusting that science did uh so many great things over the last couple of years all right i do have um i do have the snl uh clip here i don't really care about the the kanye stuff i mean he talks about the you know kanye losing a billion dollars because he uh talked about that group of people you're not allowed to talk about <laughs> and it was kind of funny i mean the the whole thing was entertaining um some of chappelle stuff i don't care for but a lot of his older stuff was really funny this i just thought was particularly germane to our conversation because we we're talking about how the government doesn't go after the the one percent despite what they claim uh these are you know these are their pals these are the ones that fund their campaigns these are the ones they use to you know go through all of these types of uh scams on the american people if it weren't for the the one percent and their ability to scapegoat them but not actually punish them <laughs> uh i don't know what our government would look like so let's uh let me see if i can get this audio going and We'll probably have to edit this a little bit because I don't know what I forget where he starts talking about Donald Trump. Being here, uh, but before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms, and I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. That goes for me and as that, well. Kanye. Is how you buy yourself some time. I've probably been doing this uh, 35 years now. And early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. <laughs> Never heard someone do good after they said that. That was the part I mainly listen to. They're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst poor whites. A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. He's very loved. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. And across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if, in fact, the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, 
I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. <laughs> He didn't put out a little membership card, chop a line of cocaine up. And <laughs> someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> and then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't, because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, a star was born. No one had ever seen anything like that. No one had ever seen somebody come from inside of that house, outside, and tell all the commoners, we are doing everything that you think we are doing inside of that house. They just went right back in the house and started playing the game again. Uh, dude, I forgot how fucking great those debates were. Just gold, absolute gold back in uh, the run up to the 2016 election. But yeah, I Trump makes a great point. Uh, George Carlin made the made the point in a lot of his uh, stand up. You know, this is a is a big club, and you aren't in it. The, the people that are in it are these fucking millionaires and billionaires with political connections and everybody else in fucking, sorry, there's a bug flying around in here. Uh, all these fucking politically connected people. And of course, they're going to game the system in their favor. They're never going to, you know, they, they have all these investigations and these committees and super committees that never turn up anything. What did the the 2008 financial collapse commission turn up? What was their what was their big conclusion? Not a fucking thing. Greed, like run amok. Just like what? Yeah, we all just got super greedy all at the same time, and there's nothing nothing anybody could have done to avoid that. Uh, yeah, of course they never they don't investigate themselves. Really, they have investigations. Nothing ever comes of them. Nobody's ever punished. They do a tremendous amount of damage to the the world, the country, the American people specifically. They're they're stealing so much money from the American people, and then they just point the finger at the the billionaires and the greedy, you know, corporate, uh, you know, some of these uh, capitalistic co uh, companies and these cryptocurrency exchanges. These these devils out there, they're out there to just fleece you. <laughs> Meanwhile, their fucking fingerprints are all over it. And now this one that's unraveling in front of us turns out that the government was highly involved with this guy laundering. We we still don't know how much was laundered, but something was laundered. I think we can I think we can safely say they laundered some money with this guy. At its peak, FTX was valued at around 35 billion. Uh, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 billion is what he had loaned from FTX to Armada or whatever, or whatever Almeida, his uh, yeah. Almeida. Yeah. His exchange, his trading, uh, his trading firm or whatever. Like that's, that's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and we have no way of knowing. And well, you know, with shady, shady bookkeeping that was going on with his back doors that he had built in, there's no telling where, what else. Like you know, if it was valued at 35 billion at its peak, that's a lot of money. Where, where did it go? Right, and I'm wondering what's going to happen with this guy now, because they we don't technically know where he is. He claims he's still in the Bahamas. If I were him. I would not be in the Bahamas anymore. <laughs> I would be in a non-extradition treaty country like immediately. I tend to believe like, you know, they have those apps that like track people's private jets and shit. That one guy on Twitter who was like tracking everybody. <laughs> um, they tracked his private jet flying to Argentina like the day this story broke. And he's like, no, no, I'm still in the Bahamas. We'll we'll see, I guess. Do you think they will actually bring him down like he will be the one guy that comes down with this thing it'll be like john mcafee they'll they'll chase their tail on it for they probably won't even pursue it as actively as they did john mcafee i don't think like, yeah. they'll pretend they'll pretend to and they'll chase their tail on it for 20 years or so and nothing will ever come of it they'll they'll give it long enough for everybody for, to forget about it yeah i tend to think that this story is just gonna sort of die in darkness like democracy you know because he has uh as we talked about he has greased a lot of fucking palms in dc and that gets you places um he helped get a lot of people elected in the most important election of our lifetime he was the number two donor after fucking george soros i mean there's a lot of fucking money we're talking about and i don't think you you do that without sort of having uh making sure that they've got your back when it comes to these investigations that they're going to run. So maybe he doesn't actually have to fly off to Argentina. He can just sort of lay low, let the the news cycle play out on this. And then pretty soon there'll be another exchange that goes down. And this one, you know, will sort of uh, fade into the background. And uh, yeah, they'll, they might still, it's going to be interesting to watch them try to toe the line of pushing for more crypto regulation, but not doing anything to this guy. <laughs> that I'm going to want to watch the the ballet dance that Elizabeth Warren has to do. I guess they'll just talk a big game and nothing will happen to him, but they'll get future generations of uh, these, these types of exchanges will come under super scrutiny. And if you're not um, donating billions of dollars to politicians, millions of dollars to politicians, um, then they might actually isn't, throw you in prison or something. Isn't that the way it goes, though? Like, it's usually the thing that, like, triggers more government oversight and more government regulation is some buddy of theirs, and the buddy gets a slap on the wrist or nothing at all, and then they use that as an example of why they need to crack down, and then from that point forward, they just absolutely destroy everybody else. But their buddy, the one who it happened to, like, yeah. this would not be the first time that that's happened. No. It's again, I will point you the most recent example for me is the 2008 thing. One guy went to prison over that. Some fucking he was in another country, he worked for like uh Credit Suisse or something, and he got busted for doing the exact same thing just on a, a much smaller scale that everybody was doing. And he was the only fucking poor bastard that went to prison over this. I don't know who he pissed off, but. Um, yeah and then after that we get the all the dodd frank shit to come down the, the pike and the anti-money laundering provisions of, of those of that legislation that puts 
basically every uh, every bank account under scrutiny every company has to every bank has to report on their um on their customers if they think they're doing something you know uh nefarious or something like that even if they have no proof they just think it's a little suspicious that you've been depositing you know x number of dollars they say 10,000 is the is the number but if you start depositing less than 10,000 on a regular basis it's oop, you're skirting the law that says you have to report deposits of 10,000 so it's like they get you coming and going but they never get like you said the the big players that were involved in the biggest financial collapse in our lifetime <laughs> no no just the just the little guys that come along uh, after that i don't know on Chappelle. I, I liked Chappelle when i was younger when he was edgy and funny. And now I like Chappelle because it's that, uh, the truth is funny. Like it's funny because it's true. Like that. Uh, yeah. I feel like yeah. his comedy has, has matured with, with all of us. Yeah. And I mean, he's like under, under fire now for talking about the whole, the, the Jewish thing, I guess, which I, I don't know. That was just hilarious. Uh, that was all just really funny. And there's actually, I mean, there's a couple more minutes. Should we finish this up? I don't know how much more he talks about Trump. But sure, he just, I remember the, the last line really fucking cracked me up, but let's see. Democrats are sore losers. <laughs> I'm a Democrat. I'm telling you, as soon as he won, they started started saying all that he's colluding with Russia. He's colluding with Russia. It was very embarrassing as a Democrat, but as time went on, we all came to learn. He was probably colluding with Russia. I even look at his wife different now. His wife is beautiful, no question about it, but she looks like the kind of chick that James Bond would smash but not trust. <laughs> but I, I don't understand where this is. Oh, he probably colluded with Russia is coming from. The crazy thing about that is all of the actual evidence points to the Hillary campaign were the ones who, yeah, who had legitimate Russian collusion. It is. It's it's just unbelievable. And everybody laughs like it's funny. Well, I guess, you know, they raided his house and there were documents there. We still don't know what exactly he had, something classified. Um, I was like, was... none of it seems to have anything to do with Russia, though. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it, I don't understand how, like, somebody like this can be like so perceptive and right on one thing and then just completely miss the ball on on another story like anyway I, I i don't know if he actually believes that or if he's just doing that for you know the comedy act that yeah to get the, the to win the audience back over because he was just talking about how funny trump was oh let's see why got all them documents in his house what is this this guy that's famous for not reading his press briefings now all of a sudden he got ten thousand documents in his house and he been fired from jobs many times in my life and and i will be very honest with you sometimes i was fired i stole things from the office <laughs> staplers computer mouses all kinds of stuff but you know what i never stole from work work boy ukraine brought it all into focus and, and lucky for everybody in the western world the ukrainians are way better fighters than we thought they'd be I mean, these guys Killed ten thousand Russians the first week of the war. Even the Vietnamese were like, "God damn, this was numbers." This before they had weapons. Before we started sending them weapons, they was killing Russians with things you can find around the house. For Ukraine is littered with traps like Home Alone. They were stepping on rats. How is Russia losing to the Ukraine? That would be like America losing a war to Colorado. 
now the midterms are over and everybody's awake. These new whites, man, they're like the whites. They're like they're like they're like newborn babies. Just woke up. Everything white people are mad about. We've been on that. Feed my family. Black people are like we've been on that. Trust the government. We've been on that. Man, you should dismantle the FBI. Word to Martin Luther King, bro. We've been on that. Nobody listens to me. When I tell these jokes, you ignore me. My first Netflix special, what did I say? I said, I don't want a sneaker deal because the minute I say something that makes those people mad, they're going to take my sneakers away. And the whole crowd's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> now you see Kanye walking around L.A. barefoot with the chain out. This guy lost a billion and a half dollars in a day. A billion and a half dollars in a day. I saw that. I said, put your chain on, nigga. Welcome back. It shouldn't be this scary to talk about anything. It's making my job incredibly difficult. And to be honest with you, I'm getting sick talking to a crowd like this. I love you to death. And I thank you for your support. And I hope they don't take anything away from me. <laughs> whoever they are. Oh, that was yeah, that was pretty good. Uh whoever they are. <laughs> the whole Kanye Jew thing, I I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I think losing the 1.5 billion dollars is is punishment enough. Uh there the, I don't think I don't think they will settle for that. I think they want complete annihilation. Yeah, which like I think we talked about when we actually covered that that whole story. Like he's kind of proving their point. <laughs> like those people you're right. not supposed to talk about will not only financially ruin you, but ruin you in the eyes of you know the world. And you'll lose your friends and your family for talking to them, uh talking about them or whatever. But you know, it is what it is. I, I think there's <sighs> I don't know, man. I can't imagine losing that kind of money. He lost uh, a billion and a half. Uh, this uh, Bankman Freed guy lost. We, we still don't know, but he's not a billionaire anymore either. A rough week for those guys. Anything uh, you need to add before we wrap here? I guess we'll get out of here on that. No, I gave my gave my plug mid show. Go check out Rumble and the uh, stuff on myocarditis research that's going to be going on. Yeah, that's probably the way we should do it mid-show so people have to fast forward through it and not just cut it off right about here. <laughs> but, but anyway, thank you all so very much, those of you that are still listening. We love each and every one of you guys. Don't forget to uh, share the show, subscribe, become a supporting listener. And for those of you supporting listeners, I will link to that in the description. We are going to try to do a happy hour this Friday, as we talked about earlier in the show. I will send the details of that out in the next day or so. And I will be speaking at the end of this month on the 27th, is it? It's the 27th. Yeah, the 27th at the Mariposa Freedom Festival in PV. Come down and see me. Should be a, a good time. There's a, I know uh, Anthony Samaroff is going to be there. I, I didn't recognize a lot of the other people, but it it looked like a, like a pretty interesting pretty interesting lineup so you can go check that out and promo code fiction if you want a discount for those tickets those of you that are coming and if you guys can do all that for us we will be back at some point with a brand new episode for you mexican internet dependent <laughs> and uh until then you guys know the drill just keep on peddling that so-called fiction <laughs>